looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Past the Post. It's Sunday, the 27th of November. And yes, Past the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing, that website, archerparkracing.com.au. You can see what's for sale. You can see how their horses are going, and their horses are going terrifically. And, of course, spiritualised, we mentioned in the air there, he'll resume next Saturday in the Pirata Plate at Duma. But that's next week. Let's talk about yesterday, and the man to share the duties this morning is Sky Channel's Michael Maxworthy. Michael, good morning. Good morning to you, David. Uh, great to be here bright and early on a Sunday morning. And... You didn't say that before. <laughs> no. You changed um, your tune all of a sudden. Not when the, the chauffeur arrived about half an hour ago to, to bring us here into Ann Street, Brisbane. Um, yeah, great days racing all over the place Ooh. yesterday, and there was only one entry, David, for the performance of the day that came through this morning, and that has got to be... Paul Ailey. Paul Ailey. Yeah. Absolutely, and I, I sort of Googled the name. It's a Hawaiian word, faith, trust, and believing completely. And you had to keep the faith yesterday with him. And that's what you say to me all the time. Polale, Polale, I believe you, I trust you, I have faith in you. <laughs> you never say that. Your, your horse would be non-Polale. <laughs> but what look at that win. It, it was an extraordinary performance. Ben Dorries, of course, was at the Winterbottom Stakes meeting yesterday. He'll join us a little later in the program. But as Mike said, uh, a good day of racing right around the country. Second day of our summer carnival here in southeast Queensland. Tats were hosted by the Gold Coast Club, and we had two listed races there. And a pretty spectacular performance in the opener as well, and we'll study, we'll review the Gold Coast first up. We had a good meeting at Rose Hill with some group enlisted racing, and of course at Caulfield, it officially ended Melbourne Spring Carnival. Every race was black type at Caulfield yesterday. We'll listen to a few replays from there. So thanks for your company over the next hour or so. And let's go to the Gold Coast, and let's go to the time-honoured recognition stakes at listed level. Holyfield broke the track record in the Keith Nowder Dooman two weeks earlier. As such, he was favourite and a well-backed favourite. Emerald Kingdom in front. Holyfield giving his head on the outside. And the heavily backed favourite comes after the leader. Last chance sticking on. And Rabamos running on pretty well. Emerald Kingdom still in front. Holyfield's now flat out on the outside. He has to knuckle down hard. Emerald Kingdom is still in front. Holyfield putting in a dive. No! Emerald Kingdom start to finish. Go to woe. Beat Holyfield. Beat him on his merits. Then over the line was Blondo. Then came Vinko, Rabamos, last chance, wonderful Reary, London Baker, and Kinlock whipped them in in 116.33. Well, it was a great finish for Emerald Kingdom. Uh, as we know, loves to control up front. He was afforded that opportunity yesterday, and I think many thought when Holyfield set out after him, he'd run him down, but he couldn't. As we said in the broadcast there, Emerald Kingdom beat Holyfield on his merits. Desley Forster is the trainer of Emerald Kingdom, and she's our first guest this morning I'm past the post. Des, good morning. Morning, Dave. Morning, Congratulations. Um, you've only had this horse, I think, for a handful of starts, and yesterday was a, a great performance. And, and his first run, his first run at the Gold Coast. Yeah, no, that was his first run ever at the Gold Coast. <coughs> yesterday, sorry. Um, as I said, we targeted that race, and it all planned out perfect for him. Yeah, um, 14 wins, and he looked spectacular yesterday. Uh, of course, Rob Heathcote did a wonderful job with him as well, but, Desley, remember the early days with him. You, you would have seen him when he used to come to the races in a muck lather, and it, it's taken him so long, hasn't it, to, to become this nice, casual horse, and we saw that yesterday. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. He's, so I think he was a bit naughty to start before. Um, first start, we took him to Toowoomba. First start we gave me was a bit of a handful. He can be very, it all depends. If you, if you get into the races and get him to switch off and relax um, early, uh, he, he does settle down and calm down. But um, as I said yesterday, it was a little bit of work just to get him there. He arrived, he travelled good yesterday and got down there and he, he was nice and calm when he got off the float. And it's quite quite area, the stabling area at the Gold Coast, so that helps a lot. But as I said, the main thing is you can keep him nice and calm and relaxed. Um, he doesn't burn his energy before the race. Um, yeah, that's when he runs his best. Desley, on these programs, I like to talk about the benefits of racing ownership. And Emerald Kingdom is a great story to illustrate it. Just tell our listeners how this all came about, how you came to get Emerald Kingdom and how so many of your friends and associates are in it. Tell us the story. So um, I see him on, on the online Magic Millions online auction. And I was, so as I um, had a thought, oh, look, he beat me in the arch, and I thought, oh, this horse would be all right to buy. And I knew that he was sound, and I knew he didn't have any issues. Um, so I bought it with the punt of just checked. I knew I'd probably get a quick return. So I bought it, and I thought, oh, well, if I'm, if I'm left it, but I stuck with it, I'm not worried. I can, I'll get my money back. And then I just mentioned to a few of my friends, seeing that I'd bought it, and everyone was just in. Everyone wanted shares and um, in him, and everyone was happy to take the punt and go in him. You know what I mean? And then, and it turned out in the long run, like uh, they're well in front now. He's $25,000 off winning a million dollars, an eight-year-old, and obviously he sort of picked it up where he left off. Um, Desley, so more wins in store for him. I wanted to give uh, your jockey a rap. I mean, you know, we we know that he went to Belize and he won, and you think that's easy, but there was a chance it was going to be cat-and-mouse tactics yesterday with Hollyfield, and and he just handled the horse perfectly in the way that he he wasn't... He didn't sort of rev him up out of the gates. He sort of took his time through the first two or three hundred metres on Emerald Kingdom before he let the big boy start to roll. Yeah, exactly, Max. Like... Um, like I said to Jimmy, like Jasmine Cornish rode him two starts ago, and I just we just sort of said to Jasmine, just bounce him and then just leave him alone. And he knows how fast he's got to go and wants to go. And she rode him perfect. And then, um, like I said, they know how fast they're going. And then last start, we all went a bit pear shaped. But then yesterday, Jimmy bounced him and they said, don't need to. Um, I, Jimmy and I always was well respected. Jimmy and I are very good friends, and we do our form and we, we talk about each other, what we think where we should be in the run. And I just instructed Jimmy, look, just bounce him and then just ride him how you find the race. And that's what he did. And he came out and he he got nice easy first probably couple of sectionals were nice and easy, and then he just picked it up from there. And like Jimmy said, he was very confident halfway up the straight yesterday because he said he hadn't even gone for him and Hollywood had got to him. So he thought he'd just wait until he got to him and then really go for it, you know what I mean? And as I said, Animal Kingdom was used to carrying the big weights and as I said, Holyfield had to carry the 60 yesterday, so they were on even weights and and I think fell in our favour, which was really good. We're right into the summer carnival. You, you, must, have had, you must have given some consideration of where you're headed to next. Uh, yeah, he'll go to the lockdown in mm. three weeks' time. Yep. Um, another listed race at Eagle Farm, 1,400. Um, I don't think they can get him any more than 60 kilos. So, yeah, so he'll go to that race now. 
Apache Chase, we know he's he's ready for the King of the Mountain on, on New Year's Eve. Does he have a run before then? Uh, no. Okay. So he came home. He, so he's done a pre- plenty of travelling this this prep. So um, he's had a week, couple of weeks with a bit of sun on his back and he's back in the stables now. And so it's, what, five weeks to the King of the Mountain. So yeah. he'll probably just have a trial between, you know, lead up to the um, King of the Mountain. Desley, you changed a little bit of gear on him uh, in the Hunter. Was it a barrier blanket? He'd had a bit of practice in a jump out at Eagle Farm. He, he still didn't break that well, and he had to use a bit of gas through the first couple of hundred, didn't he, in the Hunter? And in the wash-up, he was only 2.4 off the win of Alana, beaten, you know, um, he finished fourth there. So you just love to see him, you know, like sort of ping the gate so he hasn't got to work that hard? Yeah, exactly. I said, well, it's all been well documented as I said um it ever since the Stradbroke a little bit of a mishap in the Stradbroke he's just sort of he's been getting a bit really nervy and all jump even the trials and jump outs before he went away to Sydney get anxious so he gets in the gates and as soon as the horses get around him he starts to get a bit anxious so um two runs in Sydney he was slow away and the other day in Newcastle he wasn't as slow away as he has been we put the earmuffs, three earmuffs and the barrier blanket on just to sort of calm him and just give him a bit of confidence. And he jumped away reasonably well the other day. So hoping now that it's all good, um, we'll lead the gear on him for the king of the mountain and um, if it all goes, because he jumps away brilliant. You know what I mean? Like, look, you can't run in those sort of races and against the elite level and miss, miss half a length or a length slow away and expect to beat him. So, look, he's... he's been racing good, and we're hoping we're getting him back to where he was instead of jumping. He went from jumping a length in front to missing the start. So hopefully uh, a bit more confidence. He'll be good when he comes back to the King of the Mountain. Desley, good on you. Congratulations to not only you and Jimmy, but all of the owners. Uh, it's a great story, and it's so good that uh, he's paying his way in no uncertain matter. We'll talk soon. Thanks, thanks guys. Thank you. Desley Forster joining us this morning. I was surprised... Uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Eleven dollars was good odds yeah. for a horse who was going to be a one-out leader. And <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, he was he was sort of trounced, wasn't he? Last start, Desley said things didn't work out mm. for him in Malachney. You know, Hollyfield had raced right away, but Tavistan led him that day, and he's just not the same horse. He was back in distance, wasn't he? Fourteen back to twelve. Yeah. Personally, I didn't factor enough you know, into account when when doing the selections, but he was always going to get that cheap time of it in front. Preferable distance, you know, 1350, 1400. So he was in yeah. his comfort zone. So he was, speak. yep, yep. That was a listed recognition. Let's go now to the other listed event. This was the Tats Classic for Eureka Stud, and the favourite was Juan Diva, $3.80. Up to the home turn, just over 400 left to run. Amity Gal trying to lead all of the way. Extremist going with it. Julia Third waiting on a run. Likewise, Coco Roxon. Here's Juan Diva. Give it a head. She starts to sprint up impressively. And Mimi Lagarde all of a sudden gets to the middle of the track and runs on very strongly. Juan Diva on the outside hit the lead. Mimi Lagarde's after it. Then Extremist and Coco Rocks. Here's a good finish coming up on the outside. Mimi Lagarde going home too well. Mimi Lagarde won the Tats Classic. Beat home one. Diva Extremist. Fourth either Coco Rocks or the good finishing Canadian Dancer. Behind them Salatine Amity Gal knocking up. Then came Julia. Well back Dash for Dreams. Kizakane never got into it. Then Siesta Key and Tillianam last home in a fast gallop. one eight thirty seven. Yeah, this is what uh, Toby and Trent Emmons and Jerry Harvey wanted to see and they 
Saw it in spades yesterday. Mimi Lagarde winning impressively. The Mimi Lagarde we know at her best. Fast time, one eight thirty nine. Look good. Let's go straight to, to Toby. Toby, good morning. And that was a day you'd enjoy yesterday, obviously. Yeah, good morning, David. That was a, it was a good day yesterday. Um, it's good to see her her back finally on um, a track she actually likes. She likes fast surfaces, and and she got that yesterday and was able to um, perform to our liking. It was a, a great performance, Toby, when you analyse it. I noticed out of the gate she was just a little bit sluggish and she was actually two lengths behind the second last horse after they got going. But Andrew was a, sort of aggressive on it to make sure that she picked up the bit and he rode her a beautiful race yesterday. It all worked out perfectly. He did, yeah. She has a bit of a habit of being tardy um, and that's why she was so far back at Eagle Farm the other day as well. Um, even she, she drew poorly we had to go right back on her that day, and um, Andrew's had a, uh, the benefit of, of a couple of rides on her, and now he knows her. Um, and she's a filly that seems to need to get out of horses, and she, you know, when she's in clear, clear ground, she, uh, she can certainly chase them down. She can rip off a pretty quick sectional, and um, you know that time was pretty electric yesterday, I thought. And um, yeah, she's coming to form at the right time. It's never easy to navigate a path when you want to, you know, your grand finals, Magic Millions time. You, you ran a first up. Uh, in that Pink Ribbon Cup at, at Aquas Park, Gold Coast, mid-September. The track was heavy that day. Then yep. we saw her in about a month's time at Eagle Farm and she worked to the line well. Was it always your plan after that race to, to wait for this race yesterday? Yeah, it was, yeah. So, um, you know, she's a filly that, that's... Um, or mare now, sorry. She's mare that's not the, not the soundest and, and um, we need to um, target target certain races with her and obviously she's she's a multiple stakes winner now and um magic million day is always the grand final day but um we sort of earmarked three races for her yesterday's race the gateway now and magic million day so there'll be the next couple of runs uh coming in and um seem to fit in well Toby, uh, our tracks are very dry at the moment, um, yep. and that track was firm yesterday. We, we've just got to put up with that. I mean, most tracks around Australia yesterday were quite firm, weren't they, David? But how did she pull up after that? How was she this morning? Actually, come through through it pretty good. I think you'll find that track yesterday was firm, but not as firm as it, it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, look, uh, you've got to give credit to these guys down here. They've got... Uh, I walked the track with Nevish on Friday morning and they've got seven, including yesterday's meeting, you've got seven meetings left before the before the course popper gets ripped up and a new irrigation goes down. So the irrigation system there is at its life end and um, I, I believe they have had some trouble with it in the last couple of weeks, but Nevish was they were able to get that rectified and, and um, get some good water onto it through the week. Uh, you know, and with all the redevelopment down there, it's been a, been a struggle, but... Um, you know, full credit to them. They've done a great job. This horse, Storm the Fortress, was the other stable winner yesterday, and mm. he's by Inva. Isn't he coming through nicely? He, he debuted in his maiden at, at the track, and then he won a, a benchmark 65, and there was a lot to like about both wins. He went to another level yesterday, and again, he came through. He's well-named Storm the Fortress, and he's going well. Yes, David, he's a, he's a lovely big gelding. Um, tough, sound, and, and you know, Obviously handles firm track firm tracks as well, and uh, races well on his home track uh, to date. So look, he couldn't do much more. Could he? he's been uh, three for three, and he, every time we've asked a bit more of him, he's been able to do it. So um, I thought he's pretty dominant in the end. In the end, yes, they had a lovely run just behind them. Martin Harley rode him beautifully, and um, he was strong at the 1350. His pedigree suggests you know he can get out to a mile 2000. So. Um, 
you know, his magic million three-year-old, so we just got to try and keep him uh, somewhat fresh enough for the 1,400, uh, you know, in the second week of January. Yeah, gee, he's an, he's an imposing-looking horse, a beautiful horse. Um, mm. He was impressive last week. He was wide, and then he backed up yesterday and, and won again. Yeah. So he's three for three. Mm-hmm. Is that the kind of horse that sort of, you know, the, the big Hong Kong owners would possibly be looking at? Yeah, look, that's in the back of, back of my mind as well. Yeah. I was surprised. Look, um, he's owned and syndicated by Spicer, Brad Spicer. So um, I've got no doubt they'll, he'll have some contact with some Hong Kong people this week, you know, just off the back of his form. And what about um, the Irish jockey? Uh, you and, and Trent were first to sort of use his services, weren't you? Martin Harley, and he's developing a good record with the stable. Yeah, yeah, well... Um, also, you know, since Jeff Lloyd's retired and, and uh, Robbie sort of was um, coming and rode for us very successfully and, and sort of both those guys are getting on now and um, just looking for a fresh a fresh jockey, really, even though we've got great riders in, in Queensland and the Brisbane-based and, and um, work, you know, work closely with the Brisbane trainers. So we sort of... Second string to most of them most of the time, so hopefully um, you know Martin hangs around and he, he uh, he's a very accomplished rider. So you'd think um, with his experience, you know, both in the UK and Hong Kong, and and um, you know, there's not many not many people would ride a winner at Ascot uh, Royal Ascot, would they? You know, that rode at that meeting yesterday, I wouldn't think. So he's he fits in well, I feel. Mm. And Ilya Treble with Preach, who was very good in, in just uh, being beaten by R&T. Toby, thanks for your time this morning. Thank you very much. Toby Evans joining us, of course. Trains with his son, Trent, and they had a good day at their home track yesterday. Yeah, yeah um, David, I just had a look at the uh, the team's last 50 starters. They've had 12 winners. So um, Toby said yesterday that they have had a pretty ordinary past 18 months, but they're back with statistics like that. And, and Martin's had 26 rides. It's coming from um, from overseas for six winners. So he certainly, you know, hasn't taken him long. He's only just got off the plane and doing well. She took all honours and, uh, and, and won, Dee very good in second, and one Diva is a, a group yeah. winner. Yeah, uh, and she had that wide barry. She loomed up on the outside, but we know, like Mimi Lagarde is a, a very exciting horse with a great turn of acceleration, so one Diva was, was great again. I think I read out on, on, on air yesterday in our preview the alleys that Mimi Lagarde has had, and often horror barriers, none more so in the Magic Millions Guineas when she ran second. So good to see her back. Juan Diva, good extremist, extremely oh, honest. You've got to give her a mention, extremist. And she was the littlest horse in the race yesterday, but with a big heart. And I thought a good return by Canadian dancer first up in fifth. Let's go to the opener yesterday. This promised to be an interesting race because Steady Ready was resuming from a fairly brief break. Uh, Barrier won over the 900. He was sent out a well-backed odds-on favourite. By the 400 metres, Steady Ready. He's in full flight with a full head of steam. He slipped away from Boogie Lou and Cosmic Serenade. Then came Glorious Ruby. Headed up, running on pretty well down the outside. But Ange Jones in front with Steady Ready. 1-2 with the shillelagh. He's got a long margin. They're chasing for minor money, Odie. And Steady Ready, straight to the line. On his way to the King of the Mountain. Beat home. Oh, either Glorious Ruby or headed up in a head bobber. Strategic position, charging late. So too was the QS out wide. Then came at the head of the others Hamilton Hill, abdicating, followed by Lily Lights out, Frederick the Dane. And those two that went with Steady Ready early, well, they finish at the tail end. Yes, uh, Steady Ready winning by a big margin, going within a whisker of Tornado Alley's 
track record. Of course, he holds that at 49.66. He's held it for something like 14 years and steady ready, I think, around 49.76. We'll come back to that story shortly. I want to have a chat with uh, Tony Sears. He's just tied up at the moment. So as we wait for him, let's go to some other replays. We'll go to the sixth race of the day. Saw Miss Hipstar resuming from a spell. She ended up running the second favourite. Shamaton in the end was the $3.90 popular pick. Liza with a Z and Riddle. Miss Hipstar comes outside of them. Then Lasket Hero, Zuma, California. Shamaton one-lining. It's Liza with a Z grabbed by Miss Hipstar. She takes full authority of the race. Move clear and wins first up. Beats Lasket Hero. Liza with a Z. Fado fourth, Shamaton or Zuma, California. That was a costly start. Then ahead of his time, followed by at the head of the others, Riddle dropping out and Shamrock Lou never really got into it. Last time in one three oh five. Yes, Miss Hipstar running fast time. Fast time is worthy order of the day. Uh, her campaigns are fairly traditional. She goes summer winter. That was the, the start of her fifth racing campaign yesterday and a good start for her. Absolutely. She jumped out nicely uh, back on the 8th of November, finishing third, and uh, she looked good that day, and she took it to the race. She's excellent fresh. Her record says that. For a big horse, you would think, looking at her, David, that she'd take a run or two, but Kelly knows her like the back of his hand, and so too does Larry Cassidy. She had the good game, and I love... Look, she she seemed to be travelling okay at the 200, but by the time she got to the 100, she was in full flight, indicating that the... 1,200 metres is probably not going to be a problem for a ridden like that, ridden quietly to, to have the last dash at them. Yeah, well, might speak with Kelly Schwinder during the week. Stephen might have a chat with him. But could she be a gateway horse, that four-year-old race being uh, 1,400 metres? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the 14. I think Kelly, I was talking to him on the way out yesterday, was more looking at the Phillies and Mares on Magic Midian's Day 1300. over the 1,200 metres. 1,300. 1,300. Mm. And by the way, heard in the call there, um, Zuma, California, just heavily backed and made a complete mess of the start. I think that's totally un- unlike him. Mm. But having a look at the, the vision, it just seemed as though he jumped awkwardly and sort of ran left for the first 100 metres. The stewards' reports are set, says that they described it as him standing flat-footed and a warning has been placed on him. So for him to get as close as what he did was uh, a pretty good performance. One wonders what might have been. Let's have a listen to Storm the Fortress win that fourth race. Three from three now, but the favourite was Pocketful. In the home straight, though, Pomade on the inside, tackled and headed by Rit Rose. Gee, Pocketful's under pressure and needs to get a real wriggle on. He's starting to rev up now, but meanwhile, Storm the Fortress getting through near the inside. Then Whistling Spirit and Rebel News. Rit Rose and Storm the Fortress. Pocketful can't get them. Storm the Fortress up on the inside, going home a little better and beat home Rit Rose. Photo third, Chase and Arnie late. Pocketful a little disappointing and not far away, Red Top. Three-way go for third, fourth and fifth. Behind them, Rebel News and then came Tyree. Lisa, whistling Spirit dropped out after a wide run. Pomade knocked up and Toba last throughout in 118.46. Well, we've discussed Storm the Fortress. Pocketful, I, I must mention, uh, watching the replay, he did get a bump in the straight, a whack about just below the furlong pole. Don't think it would have made any difference, but just put him off balance for a stride or two. Yeah, I expected him to go a little bit better than that, but when you take that into account, and the fact that he did have to work a little bit through the first couple of hundred, but um, I think the winner is just a very, very good horse. There's a lot to like about him, Storm the Fortress. 100%. Well, we mentioned that Team Evans nearly pulled off a treble with Preach in race five. The horse that beat it was the favourite, another favourite successful, RNT.
Preach going for the lick of its life as they come around the turn. Can it lead all of the way? It strains in front from Kings Express. RNT getting about his work and Star Gamble putting in generously down the outside. Preach showing signs of distress. Kings Express on the outside. RNT joining in. Why does Star Gamble even deeper vaccine? There's something in the locker down with Preach. He's found another gear, but so too has RNT. And Malaya Castle hit the go button. RNT dashed to the lead and it won. Beat home Preach. Star Gamble third. Vaccine in fourth, then Prime Asset from the back, followed by Kings Express, Charge On, Ready for Better, Celestial Soul, Nick Me Some, Barista Sister, and Nick Bender Secudo, a long last in 19.15. RNT winning, particularly well placed under the play conditions, and even further well placed with Malaya Castle's three kilo claim. It was the double whammy. Yeah, he's back in the good books now. I've been so disappointed with his uh, two prior runs, but back in grade, possibly the confidence boost that he, he needed, and great that Malia got the opportunity from boss Chris Marsh. She hasn't been with um, the Mars stable that long, but I noticed she's been doing a lot of gym work throughout the day, and she, she rides all over the place, so she's very busy, and she was rewarded because she rides him track work every morning, so it was a, a good story, and great to see you know a talented horse return to his best. Let's turn back to this opening race. Tony Sears is with us online now. Tony, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, and I'm sure you're good as well, as is your daughter Madison, because Steady Ready delivered in spades, uh, a big winning margin, and just outside the track record. All went well. Yeah, no, look, uh, thanks very much for that. Um, yeah, Madison was you know, tickled pink with that, and um, he went very well. He went uh, he sort of back to how he was before, and we're happy to see him. Uh, come to the race and do, do do that yesterday. And he was back up on top of the ground quite firmish there yesterday and he, he ran extraordinary time, um, Tony. Just tell us, was Ange Jones a little bit kind to him late there? Well, she said she was. She said he, um, you know, she thought that he had a bit left, you know. Um, you know, I think um, we've probably seen, you know, seeing him go to a good track was very, that was very important for us because I think he's, you know, he's only ever been on wet tracks apart from one day at Eagle Farm and we just, I didn't think he was at his best that day. And, um, so he hit the line very strong and, you know, it was very good to see him run through the line and, you know, even going past the, past the line, he was still wanting to keep going, which is, uh, which is a very good indication. You know. Your opinion here is important for my next question because a lot of people saw that win yesterday. And they say oh, it was 900 metres and you've got horses that can run flat out over that or a 1,000. But the question is, being the king of the mountain, his ultimate aim, are you confident that he'll run a strong 1,200? Oh, no problem at all. Um, I've never ever I've never ever not thought that. Um, we've always had the opinion that um, you know, he's a bit different horse on the track to what a lot of people see in a race. Like he's a horse that he's not a horse that wants to rip and tear over 600 metres. He's a horse that can, you could sit in behind horses, no problem at all. And um, we actually did put him behind in a, tri- in a jump out um, after that trial that, uh, that, that you would have seen on TV and he sat back last and uh, he just went whoosh and you know, won the jump out you know, in an extraordinary time again. Uh, so we're, we're, not, we're not worried about that. When we brought him, we always, you know, we're always of the opinion that he was probably going to be a 1,400-metre horse. You know? Um, I don't, you know, we don't know until you, until you, obviously until you put them over it, but... I don't feel that 1,200 is any problem whatsoever at all. He's a cult by Better Than Ready from a Denman mare called Our First Lady. Um, she only won the one, but she was lightly raced. She won a 1,000-metre race at Kembla. And he carries the colours of one of Singapore's big owners, um, Jade and C. 
Uh, Tony, is he locked in for the King of the Mountain on New Year's Eve? Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, Javen uh, owns the yeah he he owns the slot, so okay. he's he's locked into that um, to that slot. Yeah, no problem at all. What's the pathway to the King of the Mountain? Is it where's the next start? He'll probably run on the seventeenth, possibly in Brisbane. Um, well, it will be in Brisbane. He'll probably either run in the um, in the uh, Gold Edition, or there's a benchmark race the same day. We'll probably nominate him both both races. Um, Probably the only day that he can really run before the King of the Mountain. There's no other race available for him unless you ran in the week before it. Uh, there's a three-year-old cutest race in Brisbane, but um, I, we desperately want to uh, run him over the 1,200 before he goes into that race. Well, by signalling that to us this morning, that sets up a challenger with uh, this other boom youngster, the other boom three-year-old golden boom, who's, who's going for the same race. <coughs> Yeah, well, it's obviously very, very smart. I've seen it um, race twice, and you know, everyone knows how good that is too. And uh, you know, but you know, obviously, you know, and, the, and it's, it's it's a horse race, and you have to uh, you have to be confident with your own horse. And you know, we we have to um, we have to take the best path we can for our horse to uh, to get to this race. And if it means meeting that boom horse, well, we, we, we that's what that's what we'll do. Um, uh, I'm sure my horse is capable of. Um, you know, matching it with most horses, uh, I'm sure of that. But Tony, uh, further to the King of the Mountains, we've spoken to Desley a little earlier about Apache Chase, your horse. Who are some of the other horses that are locked in uh, that, that you know about right now? Look, I, I'd, I'd only be talking about what, I, what I've heard. Uh, the ones yeah. that I've heard is, um, is Simply Fly, Jusri um, Bell, um, Kisikano, um Probably uh, my other horse, um, uh, Yellow Brick. But I, apart from that, I'm not too sure about. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'd imagine Tony Gollum would have a horse, uh, curious horse in it. I, I'm not too sure. Well, Yellow Brick is he? Um, is he locked in at all? Yeah. Well, we own the slot to him. Uh, me and Mattis, our, our family. We we won the slot. Uh, or we we drew the slot for the, for that. So we we uh, we put Yellow Brick out after after his last start in town when he won, and he's had three weeks out, and he's back in work now, and he'll he'll be first up into that, and then he'll go on to the Gold Coast Guineas. So um, so he'll definitely be running. Excellent. All sounds good. Thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Congratulations to you, and, and passing our best to Matty as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good on you, mate. There is Tony Sears joining us this morning. Well, we've learned a bit there, haven't we? Steady, ready, golden boom. Golden yeah, well, he did say he'll enter for two on that yeah. day, and I wonder whether they might hedge their bets a little possibly, bit. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. It's hard to hide at this time of the, when, when carnival time's on. You, you know, I, I think he spoke well to say, well, you know, I've got a good horse. I, I have faith in my own yeah, horse. Yeah, well, let's go with it. Let's get this clash going. Steady, ready, exactly. and, Start and golden it off. boom. 1,200 metres. All right. Uh, that was racing at the Gold Coast yesterday. A good day. We go to... At Doombin this Saturday with, of course, the, the George Moore, the Group 3. We've got the mode for the three-year-old fillies, the Pirata plate for the Colts and Geldings. And I've got a job for you to do. We've mm. got the Country Stampede and the Country Cups. Now, can you do the form for the, those two no, races? No, I'll be giving that to Scott Power. That's that's always a good job for him, or whoever, whoever calls the races on that day. Let's go to the Winterbottom. Let's go to the Group 1 in Perth. And Rothfire, well, he was the favourite for the big sprint. 
at the 600 mark. Indian Pacific had gone to the lead from Massimo. Red Can Man working very hard. Three wide. Snipperucci's back on the inside, running fourth. A length away, the astrologist from Rothfire Handy. Elite Street sneaking around the outside of those. Onto its back, Miss Kentucky. And then came Hot Zed, followed then by Kiss on all four cheeks into the home straight now. Massimo reclaims the lead. Rothfire, Elite Street come down the outside. So does Kiss on all four cheeks. Thistle Test is rattling home. So's Pulele. Kiss on all four cheeks. Look at Pulele. Kiss on all four cheeks. Pulele. Pulele. Lunging. Pulele. Pulele claims Group 1 for Godolphin at Ascot. Pulele from last. A mighty performance to win from Kiss on all four cheeks. Hot Zed there with Rothfire and Elite Street. Thistle Test ya. Behind them, stage man. Titan Blinders. Red Can Man. Miss Kentucky. Bo Ross of the Astrologist. Then further back behind them, my Bellamy, Massimo Indian Pacific, and amongst the last home is Snipperucci. Ben Dorries joins us live from Perth. Ben, good morning. And uh, that was a thrilling race. A, a great Group 1 sprint with Paul Ailey last to first. So no excuses for the beaten division. No, and I can tell you guys, uh, it was some sort of atmosphere on track at Ascot. Um, I reckon if you haven't been to a Winterbottom or a Group 1 in the Perth Carnival, you've got to get over here at some point because uh, there, there's nothing else like it. It really is. Uh, you know, a sort of a, a, a meeting of its own, a group one of its own. It's got a real different vibe to it. It's a real party vibe, and you could probably tell by all the cheers and the noise mm. in the background there. There were lots of people having a good time, and the race lived up to it. It was just thrilling. I mean, Paul Ali last to first. That was a freakish win. The blinkers coming off, of course. The wide barrier left them really no choice but to sort of go back. Um, you know, to the to the tail of the field and just try their luck. Of course, Paul Ali. I would have thought most people said would have thought was you know fairly out of form from what we've seen mm. in the Victorian spring, but just turned things around in sensational fashion. And of course, it was a great fill up for Godolphin, uh, their first uh, their first ever Group One win in Perth. So that's a, a new frontier uh, for them. And of course, they had Valana scratched on race morning with a lameness issue. Uh, so they went from two runners. Valana was the favourite of the time to one. So, yeah, just a, a great effort from the whole Godolphin team. And Ben Mellum, of course, as well, sort of burst back into the into the headlines again, this time for the right reason. Of course, he was banned, obviously, for the Airbnb um, saga. Uh, he's been down in the doldrums for a bit, uh, returned to riding earlier this year. Uh, his first group one since 2020. So a major moment for him as well, guys. Yeah, they probably uh, forced, uh, their hand was forced with Pulele with that wide barrier to ride it, Cole, but maybe by that they've actually found the key that that could be the way for him to be most effective, just to be ridden, Cole, because his his finishing burst was amazing. Now, of course, Rothfire, we mentioned, was the favourite. Um, Rob Heathcote, was he there? I imagine he was there. Did he have a report after the race? Yeah, I didn't actually speak to Rob after the race, but I stood next to him, actually, and watched it. Um, look, I think Rothfire probably got a little further back. Uh, you know, we were still in the, you know, the, the, you know, the front sort of eight horses, but probably maybe a little further back from the jump than he anticipated. Look, I thought Rothfire was only just. Uh, I think finished fifth, finished fifth uh, length and a half off the winner, but look, just, just didn't have that explosive turn of foot. So, look, maybe he's just a potentially a 1,400-metre horse. Maybe that's his sweet spot. Um, not sure, um, but look, he'll be, uh, at this stage anyway, staying over here for the gold rush, the, the, the new race, the $1.5 million race, which is over 1400 in a couple of weeks. So I guess we'll find out. But, yeah, just didn't have that uh, sharp sort of turn of foot 
to, to, to really go with them in the final stages. Having said that, I will say that a lot of the winners yesterday uh, yeah, came from near last. So it was, it was certainly no disadvantage to be well off the pace yesterday at Ascot. And looking at the time there, they ran one nine four five, and the last split, 35 seconds. So they've gone thirty four five zero through the first half. So um, it was a phenomenal performance by the winner, nevertheless, uh, Paulili. Now, you, you mentioned maybe the gold rush. Valana was scratched yesterday, the stablemate to Paulili. Is there any news on him? Was it was it only mild lameness, Ben? Yeah, it was probably a little bit more significant than that, Maxi. Um, the day before it sort of came out, he was going to have to be vetted on race day because he had sort of abrasions on his legs. Not exactly sure what happened there, just a, a minor sort of stable uh, accident. But I gather he had significant swelling yesterday and lameness. So, look... Um, I obviously in the, the wash up it was all about Paul Ailey yesterday so I must admit I didn't actually get a chance to, to touch base with Godolphin late yesterday um, about Valana but look I'd imagine he would probably be put away now given that um, although we'll just have to monitor the wash up. I, I will say um, I thought the run of this will test you. The uh, Mitchell Payton um, uh, trained uh, Mayor, I thought she was terrific. She ran third. Mitchell Pateman, the former jockey, uh, it was his first Group 1 runner, very, very new <clears throat> in his training career. I think he's only been training for a year or so. I think he's only had 12 winners. So, look, I thought she ran a mighty race, certainly didn't disgrace herself. So he's got a very nice horse on his hands there, Mitchell Pateman. And a congratulations to you as well. You sound remarkably chipper this morning. <laughs> well, I will say this. If you had spoken to me this time yesterday... Or this time the day before, I would not have been so chipper, David Fowler. I must admit, I, I had a bit of uh, bit of fun the first few nights, but I'm on an early flight out of Perth this morning. It's only, uh, I think, 7.30 or something. I'm, I'm flying back in about 20 minutes, half an hour. So I sort of thought, you know what? And I pulled my head in a little bit last night. So I just had a few quiet beers, watched the soccer, and tucked myself up in bed. Don't miss the plane. It's a long way to walk home. We'll talk to you. I'll talk to you tomorrow in press room. Good on you guys. Thanks. There is Ben Dorries uh, in Perth covering the Winterbottom yesterday. And, um, yeah, Pulele. Yeah, uh, what a great win. Ex- exactly right. We go to the Northerly next Saturday as the carnival continues. Amelia's Jewel 280, the Godolphins Cascadian at 350. And, of course, the Railway Stakes when We had a good chat with Cole Webster last week. Tricks of the trade, $8 Alaskan God at 9 That's next Saturday. Let's take a break here on Pass the Post. Back with plenty more. We'll look back at racing at Caulfield and Rose Hill yesterday. You're listening to Radio Tab's Past the Post with David Fowler and Michael Maxworthy. Gee, they changed that promo quick to get yes. you in there. Great to hear um, the legendary AJ on the radio these days. And very frequently as well. Yeah. Uh, Archerparkracing.com.au is the website. Spiritualised, we've been talking about him in the ads there. Of course, he had a great winter, put together a series of city wins, and pretty certain he resumes in the Pierrata Plate this Saturday at Dermot. Well... You've been known to play tricks on me. You've been telling me that's changed from the winning route, but I hope you're telling me the truth. Yes, yeah. The Aquas uh, Parada Plate on Saturday. Spiritualised, possibly there. Yeah, he won a trial during the week. Yeah, and he jumped out pretty good. I think it was him against Miss Hipstar a couple of weeks earlier, so... Can't work out why that race doesn't have any black type, whereas the yeah. mode does. Mm. We will see Chinny Boom. Chinny Boom will be here. She's five for five. Got a stretch at the 1,200 metres. I believe she's either arrived or will arrive sometime today to give her plenty of time to settle in. It's always a good day because our country folk are here. All of those uh, heats conducted around Queensland, culminating in the, the Country Cups Challenge final over the mile and the 
the country stampede final there for the sprinters over the 11-10. And as we announced, or as Tony announced, uh, some time ago, Scott Powell will call both of those races. And we saw... Thank um, for that. Yeah, we saw... Um, um, Gypsy Goddess in the Eagle Way last mm. year, uh, I think 2,200 metres, um, ridden by Steph Thornton. I think it was th- this race last year that sort of launched her and everybody said, wow, we might have something a little bit special here. 100%. Big day coming up. Day three of the Summer Carnival next Saturday at Doom. But let's go to Caulfield. We'll have a listen to the Zipping Classic at Group 2 level. Persan now joined by Desert Icon and Vow and Declare at the 400 metres. Luncey's behind those. Two further back to Dark Dream around the turn in the Zipping Classic. Desert Icon full bore grabbed by Vow and Declare. Luncey's to the outside. Persan battles on then Dark Dream. 200 to go. Vow and Declare led Persan then Luncey's. Vow and Declare the 2019 Cup winner led a length Persan Luncey's and Vow and Declare turns back the clock. Vow and Declare won the Zipping Classic, a length and a quarter, Luncey's and Persan along Gap, Dark Dream. Next sound in company with Desert Icon, Kukaracha, Great House, and the last one to clock in was Chapada. The best bet says his last win was 1,116 days ago. That sounds a long time because yes. it is. Yeah, well, Danny O'Brien said he'd had the best part of 18 months off, had a lot of soundness issues, yeah. this horse. But, um, yeah, he'll always have a special place in their heart. Bit of a Queensland connection, too, with the owners, uh, being the Melbourne Cup winner. Caulfield Cup run very good. OK in the Melbourne Cup win midfield, but big drop back in grade yesterday. And... Um, he was sort of shunted out wide, but coming down the side of the course, but his class certainly shone through. And I just wondered, because he's come this far into the spring, whether they might consider bringing him back for the winter, because the autumn might come around a little bit too soon. Mm. Uh, but then have we got to race long enough for him in the winter? Because, you know, he's really 2,000-plus, isn't he? Yeah, exactly right. Um, I, I watched the interview with Danny O'Brien on, on Racing.com and I think all that Danny was uh, about yesterday was, one, that he won, he was happy with that, that he got back into winning form and that he had a, a horse now uh, ready to go to a carnival next year. And I think he suggested the autumn. And, of course, even though what he's a seven-year-old, he's, he's had less than 30 starts. Yeah, so yeah. he's not overly raced. The other group, too, was the Sandown Guineas. Here's the replay. Atmosphere at the 500 metres just in front of See You in Heaven. Sandpaper three wide, the Fortune Teller four deep and the Philly Marxist five wide. Behind them Zambagini under pressure. Holy Man's needs a run. Angry Skies to the outside from King's Consort. See You in Heaven sprints for home from Atmosphere at the 250. The Fortune Teller chases and then Holy Man's but See You in Heaven is the leader with 100 metres to go. See You in Heaven, two lengths the Fortune Teller and Angry Skies guys see you in heaven too good see you in heaven won the Sandown guineas seconds tight the fortune teller possibly shuriken and king's consort also there then angry skies atmosphere holy mans and back behind them the real thing new york hurricane sandpaper tokenist pulls up quickly and fina venetian last dream hour then came zambagini and marxist dropped away to finish at the end Good result for South Australia, and particularly, of course, Richard and Chantel Jolly with See You in Heaven, Craig Williams riding. Uh, very good run uh, at Flemington last time out. Drew the wide gate, went back. They rolled the dice and went forward, and it did help her because the pace really dropped off of the middle part. They mm. bunched up, and those that were wide didn't push on. They just steadied, 
So there was a controlled speed, and then they dashed for the straight, and she had yeah. a really good kick. Yeah, she got over beautifully from barrier number 11 under Craig Williams, and when she got to that spot so easily, you knew she was going to give a good kick in the home straight, and she she dominated, didn't she? Really pulling away to score by 1.7 lengths, and she was heavily back too late, 4.60 into $4.20. Um, can she go further than a mile? You'd have to say yes on that. Might even try, we'll put a call into to Richard Jolly next week because uh, I think he was indicating yesterday that they may even look at an Oaks mm, uh, during maybe Sydney. Or yeah, exactly. Let's go to the Kevin Heffernan Group Three. Here's another one who'd been out of the winning list for some time, but he was back there yesterday. His name is Crosshaven. Around the turn, 3.50 out. Poland with Streets of Avalon. Crosshaven made a line of three. Norwegian Bliss brought to the outside to win her race. Crosshaven at the 200 metres had a kick, though. Three quarters of a length now, a length. Norwegian Bliss, then Amish Boy. Crosshaven drifting about in front of Norwegian Bliss. Literary magnate late. Crosshaven. Crosshaven wandering about, but one at three quarters of a length. Norwegian Bliss. Literary magnate Amish Boy in a photo for third. Then Streets of Avalon Ocean beyond Swords Drawn in Poland. Melbourne Cup winning jockey Mark Zara giving Crosshaven a perfect run behind the two leaders and he was there to present at the right time. Third run back yesterday for Ben and J.D. Hayes and of course they, they won the first race yesterday with that two-year-old little bros. He's a Magic Millions candidate uh, or graduate, uh, Michael, but I believe that uh, they'll probably prefer to go to the Blue Diamond so we won't see him here in the summer. Yeah, some of these, uh, the Melbourne trainers these days are looking more for the, you know, the Group 1 status of the Blue Diamond rather than Magic Millions. We know it's a, you know, hugely prestigious, pretty much a Group 1 race but just doesn't have that status. Um, the Ballarat Magic Millions Classic winner Sun Source, the status is spelling so mm. I'm not sure what's going on there and Mick Price has said that Charm Stone is likely to look at the, the Blue Diamond. So we've got the Magic Millions Wild, that's always a good race. Yep. Um, scheduled for Wednesday the 14th of December this year so that'll throw up a few Magic Millions horses. Let's have a listen to our final replay at Caulfield yesterday. It's the Group 3 Eclipse of the was a semi-upset here. Keats under the whip at the 300 metres led from Cyrileo Miss and Holbein Milford producing, Grand Slam needs a run behind them as Holbein cross Keats, Milford is running on with our Gladiator, Milford up to Holbein, 100 to go, then our Gladiator Milford just in front of our Gladiator, Milford's holding on punched out, Milford won it from our Gladiator Holbein, photo fourth, Cyrileo Miss Adelaide, Ace or Colmorant between them, then Grand Slam next in the field was French Emperor Flash Feeling, next in the field was Keats, who was checked late from Princess Rowney's, and Montine was at the end of the field. Well, Mike Moroni's had uh, a good couple of weeks. He, of course, he won with Rocket Horse in the the champion sprint. Uh, Banker's Choice won the Ballarat Cup last Saturday and in the money there with Milford. Pretty hard to have on his form, but he certainly showed his best there yesterday. They were the highlights from Caulfield, and of course, the Melbourne Spring Carnival now is officially closed. Let's go to Rose Hill Gardens, a big 10 event of there yesterday. We'll go to the Group 3 Festival with Mitchell Manners. Cold Crusher around the corner, tried to get away. Leads by two lengths to Dajran. Two back to Mirror Vision, getting felt for. Charlize is next. Jojo was a man running on with Kerwin's Lane. Sunshine rising to the outside. Then Cisco Bay and Skyman. Dajran at the 200, moved up to Cold Crusher. Quickly hit the front. Mirror Vision a length and a half away with Kerwin's Lane. Dajran's clear. Mirror Vision runs to second, but will run out of time. Dajran's the one. Dajran won the festival stakes, beat Mirror Vision. 
Kerwin's Lane third, fourth the camera. Cisco Bay, Sunshine Rising, or Cold Crusher. Then Jojo was a man, Lions Roar. Further back in the field, the Sky Man, Lock Eagle, Divine Magic, Charlize, and Kiss Some. In the Emirates Park Colours, Tim Clark riding. We spoke with Tim last Sunday on Past the Post, of course, for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bond, who have a great association with him. Drew the extreme outside gate, but up mm. outside lead and too good for them. Yeah, 53 kilos was a big weight advantage. He arrived having won only two races in the UK at Redcar and Leicester, and now he's finding his way here under Waterhouse Bot. Two-time winner in Australia now, and yeah, Emirates Park obviously subscribing to that old theory... Um, Breed to the best, to get the best. Uh, he's by Frankel from Moss Fun, the slipper winner of 2014. So he was a popular winner yesterday. And the track was conducive to quick times. Around 127.96, that was only mm. 0.7 outside of the course record held by Shindig. They got a bit of money to $18 into mm. $10. Yeah. yeah, well backed late. Let's go to the uh, group, uh, the listed rather, the starlight for the sprinters. At the 4.50, and it's Sneaky Page, two lengths clear. In second spot, Zethus. Third, Mr. Mosaic and Sky Command. Kellos through the cracks. The next pair, Foxfighter. Dragonstone still a long way back with Enchanted Heart. Najmati and Surreal Step. Sneaky Page, 2.50 to run. About a length clear from Zethus, Mr. Mosaic. Sky Command back to the rail, starting to run on. And Foxfighter's getting through out wider. It's Zethus taking the lead. Sky Command, the far side, driving hard. Zethus just in front. Zethus. Zethus beat Sky Command. Third, a camera through the cracks, got through very late. Fox Fighters up there with it. Then Sneaky Page. Dragonstone was always a mile back. Najmati likewise. Then Kellos, Surreal Step and Enchanted Heart. I'd like to give you some homework and go through how many feature races, how many black type races Godolphin have won during the spring. Uh, it, it would be an extraordinary amount. They've had a wonderful few months and uh, here with a listed victory for Zethus, Tim Clark again riding. Yes, um, winning that Starlight listed race yesterday and similar horse um, that has done really well since the Winter Carnival, Thelric. I thought he might be a chance uh, to come up here, David, for maybe the George Moore on Saturday, but see where his status is spelling too. It would have been a, a nice race for him. I don't know what's going to be in the George Moore. Garibaldi? Um, that's, where, that's, the, that's where you've stopped. There's only one. Well, well the, the Keith now, it's usually the lead, not the lead-up to it, but the, the race prior to it. Uh, ten of them ran in the Keith now, and five of them were in the recognition stakes yesterday. Mm. So it's not leaving a lot. But which could, maybe, open, which could yeah. open the door for um, a, a Sydney sneak-in, you know. Possibly. Once they have a look at those noms yesterday. Yep. So that was racing around the country yesterday. Let's talk about today. The Japan Cup, of course, is on today. Have you had a look at it? I have had a look, uh, but I usually rely on a friend of mine whom I know is an excellent judge, Graham Pavey, in Japan, um, and follow his Twitter handle, which is long ball to no one, or one word. Um, it's race 12 today, Tokyo race course, 4.40 Queensland time, the Japan Cup, and a horse called Shariar is the $3 favourite coming through the Tenno Show Autumn, recently finishing fifth in that race. And just looking at the replay this morning, I'm tempted to think the $3 could be a little bit unders. Kristen Demuro rides. Uh, Danon Beluga is the second favourite at 370. Was really strong in that Tenno Show Autumn. I might tend to look more towards Danon Beluga. However, Graham Pavey put out a tweet 
concerning the uh, third favourite, Vela Azul, to be written by Ryan Moore, currently mm. at $6. And he said that the dogs are barking this. I don't know whether it was necessarily a tip, but he did say the dogs are barking Vela Azul for Ryan Moore. When the dogs are barking, you've got to respect it, <laughs> certainly. Now, that, 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 those prices you gave on those other two horses, where did they emanate from? Because I can tell you it's a little different on tab fix. Dan on Beluga, number 14, is $4 currently fixed, and Sharia is at four twenty. Right. Well, they were... It might have been an all-in market, but I got them off tab a little earlier today in the futures. Okay. Uh, but that's it. That, that sort of makes sense because I thought that down on Beluga mm. was far better than um, Shariar in that, that Tano Show autumn. And the barking horse, Vela Azul, $6, third favourite, yeah. as, as you outlined. Damien Lane, by the way, his is at $11, or maybe there's a market update as well. I'm not sure about the pronunciation. Is it... Um, Weltrisond? Weltrisond? I'll, I'll go with that as we're about to go off uh, $18 now. Okay. $18, Amy Lane. What's happening at um, Chartin? Well, it's a, it's a good meeting today, mixed surface meeting. It's sort of the calm before the storm, the big Longines Hong, Hong Kong International Race Day is two weeks away, but we get to see Jungle Magnate, the South Australian Derby winner again. He's now known as Beauty Verse. He's in race seven, number nine, the... Chevalier Cup over 1,600 metres, $1.80. He's only had the one start there, and he won it pretty impressively, leading all the way a fortnight ago for Zach Purton. So he's the favourite for that. And uh, then there's a, a, another race that we want to have a good look at as well. Now, it's race number nine, a class three. Cape Breton is having his first Ooh. start there, and he he was a dual... Sydney winner, and I think he ran well in the, the Queensland Guineas last year, ran fifth. But, look, he's not fancy. We just want to watch him go around. But there's a couple of other very promising horses. Superb capitalist, only had the one start in Hong Kong, and ran the second fastest time for that class and going three-quarter pace. Um, he's going to get the 10-pound claim today. But Beauty Eternal, this is regarded as a match race today. Uh, superb capitalist is Beauty Eternal. Um, to be written by Zach Purton. Superb Capitalist is two ten. Beauty Eternal three dollars. Beauty Eternal sort of won from fourteen alley at his first start there, and then he almost fell, picked himself up off his knees, and almost got up last start. So he's a four year old, where Superb Capitalist is only a baby, a three year old. So folks, make sure you're tuned into that. It's only class three as these young horses climb through the ranks. Uh, race nine, the class three, the two to watch. Superb Capitalist and Beauty Eternal. I don't think there's anything more we can cover. What we have covered over... Have you got a tip of the first to Capella bar today? <laughs> we'll leave that We've covered Bunny, everything else. Bunny Brash. Appreciate your time, Michael. OK, thank you, Dave. Michael Maxworthy joining me this morning on Past the Post. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for your company, as always. And uh, I look forward to your company tomorrow morning on Press Room. We'll have our regular panellists have talk about the first round of heats of the Inter-Dominion and plenty more. Until then, you have a good day. Bye-bye.